Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. You can also listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or by telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook. And of course, follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Those are the best ways to stay informed on all the latest show updates. God and Guns. Little Leonard Skinnert. It's an appropriate song for this particular segment. Second Amendment rights, according to the announcement, the well-financed gun prohibition movement is poised to strike in an effort to make up for lost time due to Joe Biden's failure to get the gun prohibition agenda through during his first year in office. Joining us now to discuss the impending threat to our Second Amendment rights is Cam Edwards, he is the editor at BearingArms.com and hosts the popular podcast Cam and Company that focuses on Second Amendment news and information. Cam is originally from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, right down the road from us, and has worked in radio, television, and online media for over two decades. He currently lives on a small farm with his family near Farmville, Virginia, and is a member of the Board of Citizens Committee to Keep and Bear Arms. Cam, thank you for joining us this evening, my friend. Hey, thanks very much for the invite. My pleasure. So your organization and others, Cam, are are warning of an unprecedented assault on Second Amendment rights this year. Uh, Hopefully, this is an area where Joe Biden's track record would indicate that he fails again but let's hope he's he does yeah. he he doesn't succeed but i, I think it, it's worth noting that they're definitely targeting it correct they are and and it's not just joe biden um you know if, if it were only you know if we only had to worry about like gun control legislation getting through congress i, I think gun owners could breathe a sigh of relief because i i don't think that joe biden is going to be able to get his gun ban bill uh through the senate right um, but we do know that the Biden administration is already working on a couple of executive actions. Uh, these are rules that uh, the ATF wants to put in place, one of which um, would turn legally purchased AR-style pistols uh, into short-barreled rifles that are a felony to possess uh, unless you register them with the federal government under the National Firearms Act, uh, simply by the stroke of a pen, uh, it, by, by, by redefining. Uh, you know, what a, uh, an AR-style pistol is, if it has a, a, a stabilized embrace attached to it, the ATF wants to turn millions of legal gun owners into potential felons overnight. Um, and by doing this, the, the, the way that they're going about this, uh, I think is really, really scary. Because, uh, again, if you can sort of, um, after the fact, change the definition of something, uh, then what's to stop the ATF from deciding that uh, AR-15s and other semi-automatic rifles are are actually just really too close to machine guns, right? right. We're going to go ahead and call them machine guns. Right. So I think this is a bit of a, uh, a, a trial balloon 
that the Biden administration is using with the uh, uh, new pistol brace rule, but they're also going after home-built firearms. They want to try to, uh, in essence, you know, destroy the ability for you to make your own firearm at home, which has, of course, been uh, uh, legal since before the United States was the United States. Um, and that's what they're doing right now in terms of executive actions. I think that there's likely more to come because this is an area in which Democrats feel like Joe Biden has not done enough. And one of the things that the Democrats are trying to do between now and November is to simply energize their base. Right. Right. They're, they're not even trying at this point to convince independent voters to uh, to show up and vote for them. They're trying to get their hardcore supporters to go to the polls. Uh, and in order to satisfy them, they're going to have to do something on gun control. Uh, and I think they're getting desperate. Desperate people do dangerous things. So that's why you've got to pay attention and you've got to be involved in what's going on at the federal level. But, you know, look, we're also seeing attacks uh, at the state level, at the local level, the city of San Jose instituting these mandatory insurance requirements. And you have to pay a mandatory fee in order to keep a gun in your home. Right. Um, yeah. the, the contempt that they have for our right to keep and bear arms is on full display. And I think that uh, they're also going to be lashing out. We've got a Supreme Court case that I think is going to be very good for gun owners coming up later this year uh, called New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Brew. And I expect the Supreme Court is going to have some good things to say about the right to carry. And that, too, I think is going to lead Democrats to lash out in response wherever and whenever they can, um, because, you know, they, they hate the fact that the courts view this as a real right as a fundamental right and they're about to be reminded of the fact that uh that they are abusing our constitutional rights with their gun control agenda well and it should surprise nobody that they don't understand what a gun is this is the same group of people that you know still grasp at the concept of two genders um let me ask you cam is this because liberal democrats have elections to win in the fall and they're dumb enough to think gun control is a winning issue or is it that they know they're likely to lose in the midterms, mm-hmm. so they're trying to pass whatever they can on their way out of power? I mean, it, I think it's more the latter, don't you? I Yeah, I do, except I don't know that they're going to be able to get anything uh, through Congress, you know, um, because I don't, I don't even think the votes are there for uh, universal background checks right now in the Senate. Uh, they pass it out of the House, but Nancy Pelosi hasn't even called up Biden's uh, gun ban bill for a vote in the House, but I don't think they can get it through that. Uh, body either. So, you know, I think it's really at this point at the federal level, it's all the Biden administration. And they're certainly worried about the midterms, but right now they are worried about getting their base out there. So I think they're willing to risk, uh, you know, going big on gun control to try to please their base. But it's interesting that you bring this up because I think that there are different factors at work at the state level and maybe even at the local level. Like in Colorado, Democrats are getting a little gun shy, no, no pun intended. Um, they, they, they aren't. <laughs> running a a bunch of gun control bills in Virginia, where I live, you know, we had our elections last November and Republicans, you know, we swept the statewide offices. We, uh, we took back the house of uh, delegates and the Democrats after running on a gun ban in 2019 and failing to get it done in 2020, they vowed they were going to bring it back in 2021. And then they realized, Oh, it's an election year. And they didn't even introduce their gun ban bill last year. Um, so at the state level, yeah, I think I think Democrats are much more reluctant uh, to, uh, to 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 push these measures. Uh, but I think at the federal level, you're right. I think it's you know let's go for broke while we can. I just don't think that they've got a whole lot of juice in Congress. That's why I think we're 
a lot of the energy is going to be coming from the executive branch. And there's what, if anything, can be done about the executive orders, about the DOJ? Because you mentioned, for example, the rule change at the Department of Justice, uh, mm-hmm. that, but they've introduced a number of proposed rule changes that could affect some of the most popular guns and rifles, like the AR. Um, and there's not a whole lot that can be done about that, right? Can you even challenge? Can somebody challenge that in court? The good news is you can. Yeah, um, because in essence, this is the ATF uh, doing things that are beyond their authority, right? Just like OSHA went beyond its authority when it said, uh, yeah, we can require vaccines and, uh, you know, every company that has more than 100 employees. And the Supreme Court said, look, that, that's not a workplace condition because you're requiring people to do something after they get off of work, too, right? So this is OSHA overstepping its bounds. And I think that's going to be the same argument when it comes to the ATF, that if Congress wants to change the law and say, hey, you know what, these AR-style pistols, we actually think they're short-barreled rifles. Well, that's Congress's job. But it's not a government agency's uh, job, and they don't have the authority to suddenly turn millions of firearms into prohibited restrictive items uh, with, you know, with, with a stroke of a pen. That they, they don't have the authority to do that. So when these rules are put in place, I don't think, even think it's a matter of, uh, of if, but when these rules are put in place, they are going to be challenged in court by organizations like the Second Amendment Foundation and the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms. Uh, and, you know, I'm not an attorney myself, but I think one of the arguments that will be used is that uh, this is a violation of the Administrative Procedures Act, uh, but also that, uh, you know, these rules go beyond the ATF's authority given to them by the Gun Control Act of 1968. Um, and I, I hope that we've got, you know, uh, courts out there, they're going to uh, agree that that's the case. I'd like to think that the Supreme Court uh, is going to agree here that, you know, if if Congress wants to pass gun control laws, they can do it themselves, but they can't leave it up to the ATF to just suddenly impose sweeping gun bans all on their own. And you mentioned that Supreme Court case. That could be significant because obviously it would affect New York, but it would have implications for the rest of the country, correct? It could. Uh, absolutely. I mean, there are eight states right now that are, you know, quote unquote, may issue when it comes to concealed carry. Like you have to show some sort of special need or, or, or unique circumstance that places you above the average person because the average person can't carry a firearm for self-defense. So if the court wants, it can very easily write a ruling that's going to implicate the, the may issue laws in, in each and every one of those states. Um, if the court wants, it could write a much more narrow decision that focuses, you know, exclusively on uh, the two individual plaintiffs and the New York laws in question and whether or not their Second Amendment uh, rights were violated there. Um, I, you know, look, I don't think the Supreme Court is going to say uh, every gun license is unconstitutional. It's constitutional carrier bust. I don't think we're going to get that decision. But I, I also don't think it is going to be so narrow that it is practically meaningless. I think the um, I think the court is going to use this as an opportunity to not only tell lower courts what the proper standard of review should be going forward in, in Second Amendment challenges, but I think that they also want to um, treat the right to bear arms uh, as a real and fundamental right as well. And so I think at, at, at the very least, uh, I, I'm hoping that the Supreme Court will strike down uh, may issue laws in general. And yeah, that would have implications from New York to California well, and your, Hawaii. Your lips to uh, to God's ears, <laughs> brother. If folks are interested, the podcast is called Cam and Country. 
or excuse me, Cam and Company. They can follow you. Uh, my listeners can find you on Twitter at Cam Edwards. And again, it's bearingarms.com, correct? It is. You got all of that absolutely right. Yeah, so well, thanks so much for the invite, man. This has been fun. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Brother, thank you again <laughs> for joining us this evening. Carry on the fight, my friend. You too. We'll talk soon. Bear, uh, bear with us as we deal with a few new software updates here. Of course, they have to roll these out on Sunday nights. Don't they, Dave? Yeah, you know, they, they couldn't have done this, I don't know, Saturday at 2 in the morning. No, they got to do it right now. But that's fine. Deal with software issues, but you bear with it, and we'll, we'll be here for you. We're taking your calls at 745. In the meantime, coming up after the break, we'll talk with Ryan Beatty about his decision to run for the Sedgwick County Commission seat, currently held by liberal Lacey Cruz. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Wichita's number one talk will be back right after this. Jumping.